Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. The beginning of a new year, really two words. I want you to write these words down. Write down the word reflect, and then write down the word project. I think those are two important words at this season. When you're starting something new, I always think it's good to do two things, reflect and project. Reflect means to look at the past. And not dwell in the past, but you look in the past for one reason, and that's to learn from it. Can I have a better amen? amen. You know, the Bible says we, we, we forget the past, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I think it, it's to our advantage if we reflect on 2016, and I hope you've already had a chance to do that. I hope you've looked over your shoulder and you've seen the fingerprints of God, or maybe you've seen some difficult moments or, or, or some, some hard experiences that you've walked through and some lessons that you've learned. I feel like when we start a new year, it's good to reflect on the past, but then it's good to project about the future. I hope you have a vision of what this year could look like for you personally. I hope you've projected some things in the spirit about what God holds for you and for your family. Um, you know, I, I just believe there's a longing inside of every person that, that regardless of, of what culture, what country, what context, within every human heart, there's a, a desire for a better future. Everybody say hope. You know, without hope, and Johnny talked about that this past Sunday. I don't know if you, you heard that or not, but didn't Johnny do an amazing job? I think we ought to clap our hands, show our love, baby blue eyes. I told, the, I told some people this the other day. Between David Ray and Johnny Green, when those boys preach, I'm going to Home Depot and I'm buying one of those 55-gallon barrels of paint because they're preaching the paint off the walls. We got to do touch-up every time we come in here after those guys preach. They just bring it. And, and Johnny did an amazing job talking about the power of hope. And, and I believe God wants to place hope inside of his church. When you step into a new year, I pray that you have a picture. When you project the future, what will this year look like? Uh, I heard somebody say recently, and they, they prayed this prayer. They said, Lord, if you can't make me skinny, at least make all my friends fat. <laughs> somebody said, Amen. You know what's beautiful is that within nature, the way God built it within creation, that new beginnings are a part of everyday experience. I love that because he gives us 24 hours in a day. Isn't it interesting how your body gets tired after so many hours and then you go to sleep and then you wake up the next morning and you're refreshed and you step into a new day, the Bible says, with new mercies. Aren't you glad that God's mercies are made new every morning? You know why God's mercies are new? You know why he makes new mercy each and every morning? Because you used up all of yesterday's mercies and you needed a fresh batch. Can I have a better? Amen. But built within creation, the days, months, years, you know, the, the seasons and how God created transition from one thing to the next, this desire to, to regenerate, to be made new, to step into a, a new season. I want to talk to you uh, about a topic and I'm calling it better than yesterday, better than yesterday. I could not shake this phrase all of December. I just kept hearing this in my spirit better than yesterday. 
Better than yesterday. And I begin to pray about that. Lord, speak that to my life. What do you mean better than yesterday? I think there is a longing inside of you that believes that tomorrow can be better than yesterday. I I believe that within each and every one of us, there's a desire to be better today than we were yesterday. And I want to speak this over you. You are better today than you were yesterday. Now, you may not be as good as you're going to be tomorrow, but you're better today than you were yesterday. This kind of goes opposite to, to even, I begin to think about our bodies. You know, I'm getting older. Sometimes I wake up with new pains. I wake up, oh, I never felt that before. And I go, well, I guess that pain's going to be there for a long, long, long time. Or somebody had taken a picture uh, a couple weeks ago and posted it on Instagram. And I was in the picture. And I noticed in the picture, I was, I was praying for somebody. And the picture was of my head, the crown of my head. And I noticed, man, I'm getting thin up there. I'm like, Rachel, look at this picture. She's like, is that you? I'm like, yes. She's like, well, you're just so tall. I guess I don't see you're getting thin on top. I'm like, baby, I'm better today than I was yesterday. Come on. Your body changes, and sometimes you lose hair in places that you really need it. And sometimes hair grows and goes boldly in places that it should not go. My body's changing. Is it true that we can be better today than we were yesterday? Isaiah 43. Look at this promise. Isaiah 43, two verses. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, the scripture says this. Do not remember the former things. Don't consider the things of old Behold, somebody say behold. That means watch. It means look at this. Pay attention. He says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Come on, somebody say new. Oh, there's power in that word new. I just believe the spirit of God can create something new. Behold, I'm doing a new thing, the scripture says, and now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and I'll give you rivers in the desert. I love this verse. I I love this passage. I think this passage speaks of promise, not only to our church, but to you individually. God says, watch this. Don't miss it. I'm doing something and now it shall spring forth. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Can I tell you, our hope is not in a new year, but our hope is in a God who makes all things new. Are you with me? You see, we can turn the page of a calendar, but only God can turn the the condition of a man's heart. If you're longing for something new, you won't find that on January 1st. You won't find that in a new year, but you'll find it in a God who makes all things new. And I believe that this is the promise, the foundation that gives us a launching pad. 2017 can be better than 2016. You're today. You can be better today than you were yesterday because of the power of God to make all things new. Now, flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at verse 18. Paul said this, 2 Corinthians 3.18. He said, As all all of us reflect the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces. Now, he's making reference to Moses. I don't know if you remember the time in the Old Testament when the glory of the Lord, it shined so brightly upon Moses' face that he had to put a veil over it. Do you remember that? 
And, and, the, 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 and the scripture here is talking about as good as the old covenant was with Moses, it's even better. Now, the new covenant is even better. The veil has been removed. Um, he says, as all of us reflect the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces, we are becoming more like him with ever increasing glory by the Lord's spirit. I, I, I read that. Let me read that, that last portion again. The scripture says we are becoming. Everybody say becoming. That's a beautiful word. I think you need to write that word down somewhere. Becoming is a beautiful word. Uh, and I feel led by the spirit of God to just stop right here and say this is for somebody. Don't give up on the person you're becoming. Don't give up on the person you're becoming. I think that maybe there's a picture that you have in your mind of the me you long to be, the me you want to be. And maybe you look at the, 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 the me that really is, the me that currently is, and the picture of the me you want to be is not the same. And sometimes you can get really discouraged. And I feel led by the Spirit to tell you, you are becoming. You're in the process. Don't give up on the person you long to be. You're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. I, I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Paul says that we are with unveiled faces now, the glory of God being revealed in us. We are becoming more like him. Who's he talking about? More like Jesus. The, the work of God in the life of the believer is not to make you look like me. It's to make you look like him. And we can be inspired by great examples in the body of Christ. But I, I believe that God doesn't anoint imitation. He anoints inspiration. My goal is not to be like T.D. Jakes. I want to be like Jesus. I can be inspired by T.D. Jakes. I'm thankful for T.D. Jakes. I learn from him, but I long to be like Jesus. And I pray that you learn from good examples, but the picture that God's trying to paint of who you are becoming will look a whole lot, not like your neighbor, but a whole lot like him. We are becoming. Now, I want to give you a, a, about four or five quick thoughts. I want to teach you through some passages here, um, talking about better than yesterday, some, some talking points. So if you're taking notes, I hope you're taking notes. We say that history makers are note takers. Write this down. Number one, transformation is a process. Transformation is a process. We are becoming more like him from glory to glory, the Bible says. From glory to glory. I thought, okay, what does that mean? We are becoming more like him from glory to glory. And in the Amplified, it says in varying degrees of glory. It made me think of like a staircase. You know, you, you may not be able to see what the, what the top of the staircase looks like, but God will give you the courage just to take the next step. And for you in 2017, I encourage you, you just take that next step in front of you. And step by step, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. You see, transformation is a process. Can I encourage you? Be patient with what God is doing in your life. Work with the Holy Spirit. Don't frustrate the Spirit of God because of impatience. God will bring you through some things. In fact, he'll bring you to some things, and then he'll bring you through those things. And then once you get on the other side of that, you'll be able to look back and say, oh, I didn't understand it then, but I know now that's what this is about. Sometimes it's, God will bring you through a detour in order for you to reach your destiny. 
Can I have a better amen? amen. You, you may take some steps that are, aren't, you didn't plan on taking this year. Well, that wasn't really my plan. I didn't calculate that. That kind of steps outside of the realm of my expectation. Transformation is a process. We don't develop in a day, but we develop daily. It's not going to happen all at once. You know, we're not going to get microwaved into the person that God wants us to be. He kind of, he's a slow cooker, kind of puts you in a crock pot, does he not? Come on, how many of you would rather eat a pot roast out of a crock pot than a TV dinner? Do not microwave destiny. It doesn't happen that way. God takes his time. He adds some ingredients. He'll turn up the heat. He'll let you simmer for a little bit. But be patient with God. Be patient with yourself. Don't give up on the person you're becoming. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. This year, you will be tempted to change lanes. You'll look at somebody else's life. You'll see somebody else's social media account. You'll read somebody else's Facebook post and think, wow, look at how amazing their life is. Wow, look at where they are. Wow, look at what they're doing. And then you'll look in the mirror and say, wow, what's wrong with you? Stay in your lane. Keep your eyes on the prize. Transformation is a process. Now, now hear me. Your process is not somebody else's process. It's a dangerous thing to compare your journey to somebody else's. We're going to talk that, about that a little bit this weekend um, when we talk about prayer and, and spiritual disciplines. I think there's, there's not a one-size-fits-all approach to this thing. And so God has wired you a specific way. You are unique. You are different. Now watch this. You're different in order to make a difference. So don't try to carbon copy what somebody else is doing. God's doing something unique in you. Number one, transformation is a process. Number two, disciplines develop us. Disciplines develop us. Everybody say disciplines. Oh man, what are disciplines? When we talk about disciplines, what are we, what are we speaking of? What comes to your mind when you think of disciplines? Something difficult. Some, some of you, you think of work, you know, something hard. Uh, let me ask you this. When somebody's playing the piano beautifully, I know Josh was playing up here earlier. I see Austin was playing. We've got some amazing musicians. But how many of you are blessed by the talent of, of some of these men and women on Sunday and Wednesday when you hear from them? It's amazing. But, you know, it's, they don't just get up here and just do their thing. How many of you discovered it takes hours of discipline and preparation? Now, I remember my parents making me take piano lessons my, when I was in the, the fourth grade. Oh, I did not want to take piano lessons. Oh, I cringed. I didn't want to take piano lessons. I want to play football. All my friends are playing football, and here I am. I'm in, I'm in the house, and I'm learning scales. Why? I took an entire year learning the foundations of playing the piano. Do you know now I'm 42? I wish I would have continued taking piano lessons. If, if, you, if you can discipline yourself to do the practice, then the fulfillment of that, how many of you, that just grows the gift that God places inside of you. You know, you think about that. Even, you know, shooting a free throw. There are certain mechanics 
that go into correct alignment. And if you, if you take your, your, your time and you practice it day after day, your form, your follow through, getting your mechanics right. There's a way to shoot a basketball. There's a way to play the piano. I don't know if you've ever run a race. How many of you like run long distance? Any long distance runners? A few? No? I know David Ray talked about his long distance episodes, man. I'm thinking after that, I don't want any part of it. I don't want some grown man rubbing that, my calf muscle. If I want my calf muscle rubbed, I'll say, hey, girlfriend. You know, but you think about it. If, if I were to say, listen, to, you can run a marathon. Some of you'd be like, man, you're crazy. There's no way. A marathon, 26.2 miles. 26.2 Point two. <laughs> How many of you get tired of thinking of the point two? Much less the 26. Listen, you can try as hard as you want and you'd never run 26.2 tonight. But I'll tell you this, if you trained, I'm telling you, this is the, probably the single most helpful principle I know. It's the difference between trying and training. You see, you can't try harder. God's saying train smarter. If you, if you trained, you could run a marathon. Now, not today, but you start that training process now. You could run that point two, then you'd run that mile, that mile and a half, turn to five miles, then I went 10 miles the other day. Guess what? I did that 10K. I did, and you could run a marathon if you embraced some disciplines. Come on, are you with me? Disciplines develop us. Spiritual disciplines will get you everything you ever wanted from God. I'm telling you, the life you've always wanted, you can find in God, but he will require spiritual disciplines of you. Things like church attendance, being faithful, consistent in your church attendance, Bible reading. You know, when we roll out this Bible reading plan, I encourage you, follow along. Just do a little bit every day. You'll find out that small practice of reading your Bible every day, of faithful church attendance, of spending time in prayer, some of these things that are, are so small and seemingly insignificant. If you'll pay attention to the details and the disciplines. Again, there are no great secrets when it comes to the kingdom. Only daily disciplines. See, I'm convinced that everybody has the desire to be better today than they were yesterday. The issue's never been desire. It's always been discipline. That's our struggle. You talk to anybody, they want 2017 to be better than 2016. I want to know God better this year than I did last year. I want to be better financially this year than I was last year. The issue's never been desire. It's always discipline. Now, watch how this works. If you have desire, but you don't have discipline, desire minus discipline, you know what that equals? Disappointment. Desire, subtract discipline, equals disappointment. And so many people live with disappointment. And so they drop their expectations. Oh, watch this. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost talking to somebody in here. When you, you've got the desire, but you don't have the discipline, you end up with disappointment and your expectations drop. But if you've got the desire and you'll just add a little bit of discipline, you know what you end up with? Not disappointment but you end up with destiny. Desire, 
plus discipline equals destiny. Everything you ever wanted in God, you can have when you match desire with discipline. And and so what we want to do this year is we want to give you the tools. I think you've got the desire. But we want to give you the tools to build the life you've always wanted. Does that make sense? Transformation is a process. Number two, disciplines develop us. And let me tell you this, with discipline, it will require some effort. How many know it's not just going to drop in your lap? I remember as a kid wanting my dad to give me an allowance. How many got allowances when you were kids? A few of you did? Yeah, I'm like, I went to my dad one day, Dad! All my friends are getting allowance. It's like, allowance? I'm like, yeah, you know, a little money every week, do a little something, something. Really, I was wanting something for nothing. You know, Come on, Dad, I need an allowance. He said, okay. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's your allowance. That bed that you sleep in every night, who bought that bed? It's like, well, you did. Yeah, that's my bed. I'm going to allow you every night to sleep in my bed. That shirt that you're wearing, who paid for that shirt? Uh, this shirt? Yeah, that's my shirt too. I'm going to allow you not only to sleep in my bed, I'm going to allow you to wear my shirt. Oh, wait, take a deep breath, son. See that cold air conditioning you're breathing? That belongs to me too. I'm going to let you breathe my air, wear my clothes, and sleep in my bed. There's your allowance. Discipline will require some work. Come on, somebody say work. It requires effort. Can I tell you this? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I don't care how much gifting you have, how much ability you have. If you don't work hard and steward well what God has given you, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Third thing, number three, struggle produces strength. Struggle. I'm talking about better than yesterday. If you want to be better today than you were yesterday, you need to know transformation is a process. You need to know disciplines develop us. But number three, struggle produces strength. Sometimes struggle is a very necessary part of the journey because of what God's trying to use and grow inside of you. Now, I want you to consider this analogy. I, I, I love this this picture, and, and this is a great example that God created the, the transformation of a caterpillar into a butterfly. Okay, I want you to consider this, all right? The, the, and the, the biology of this is breathtaking. How God did this, I, I, I was studying it again even this past week, and I thought, Lord, you are incredible. How does a caterpillar become a butterfly? There is a process of transformation that takes place. You know, that this, uh, this, uh, this little seed, you know, there's certain stages, th- th- this little egg, you know, the life inside of this little egg, then it, it, it kind of, it develops into a caterpillar. Once that caterpillar begins to spin this cocoon, something happens inside of the cocoon. There is that transformational thing. And I was reading the biology of it and was blown away. I don't have time to go into all of it, but the enzymes and the chemicals and the transformation, this butterfly begins to to break loose out of this cocoon. And I think we've got a picture of it. I, yeah, check out this 
picture. Isn't it amazing how a little egg becomes a, a caterpillar and inside that cocoon, the transformation takes place. Now notice for that butterfly to get out of that cocoon, he's got to struggle to fight through it. And there's a reason why that struggle is necessary. It's important because as that butterfly is struggling to, to fight its way out of that cocoon, the fluid that's being pressed through the struggle is able to go to the extremities of that butterfly so it can spread its wings and fly. If there's no pressure, then the fluid doesn't get to where it's supposed to be and the butterfly is crippled. Now, here's what I thought. Some of you are in that cocoon phase right now. And you feel like nobody sees, nobody knows, nobody cares. There's nothing going on. I'm telling you what, there's something going on. God is always doing more than you think he is. But you see yourself wrapped up, tangled up, tied up, and you're struggling. You've got life birthed inside of you, but you haven't seen it expressed. There's a dream, there's a vision, there's a passion, but you're not walking in it yet. You feel like you're just being squeezed. I'm telling you, that pressure is necessary to push some things through you. You've got to get life to be able to spread your wings so when you get out of that cocoon, you can fly to the, to the level and the altitude that God's called you to. Does that make sense? You see, struggle is a very necessary part of the process. Your struggle is producing something. Struggle produces strength. Consider it when you go to the gym, when you work out. Think about the example of putting your muscles under stress and under strain. These guys go to the gym and they lift these weights and they get on that bench and I mean, they make these weird noises, get all red in the face and the veins popping out of their neck. You know, and they call that fun. <laughs> their, their body's under so much stress as they push up against that weight and they reach a point where they call failure, where they just can't lift it anymore. You know what's happening in their body? Their muscles being broken down. But once that, that process is complete, they'll rest their muscles. They'll feed their muscles. And that muscle grows back. And guess what? It grows back bigger. It's interesting how what God created in biology, in the human body, the same is true in the spirit. And some of you in 2017, you're going to go through some struggles, but that struggle is producing something in you. Don't resent the struggle of today. Watch this. Don't resent the struggle of today because it becomes tomorrow's strength. The struggle, today's struggle becomes tomorrow's strength. And guess what? You're going to need that strength in the future for what God has called you to do. Does that make sense? Do you receive that tonight? Okay, let me, let me hustle and finish this up. Number four, focus, focus, focus. Focus will move you forward. Focus moves us forward. Uh, let, me, let me backtrack and give you this one verse as it relates to struggle. Ecclesiastes 5.3. I love the amplified version of this. In fact, the Amplified is kind of the women's version of the Bible because there's more words. I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of words in the Amplified. Ecclesiastes 5.3. I'm just teasing. Just teasing. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5.3. For a dream comes to pass with much business and painful effort. A dream comes to pass with much business and painful effort. That dream that's inside of you is going to take much business. It's going to take painful effort. Struggle will always be a part of the dream, but that struggle is producing strength. Number four, focus will move you forward. 
Focus, focus, focus. I'll tell you this. Here's a word that God's given me, uh, and I'm trying to prioritize this. Simplify. I got to simplify some things this year. How many of you got some clutter in your life that needs to be removed? You know, I'm beginning to realize that clutter is the mark of an unprioritized life. There's some areas that I need to declutter. I need to organize. Let me tell you this. It's hard to change the world when you can't find your car keys. Come on, somebody. I've got to focus. I've got to simplify some things. Maybe for some of you, God's telling you to eliminate some things. Telling you is a word for somebody. If you will eliminate some things, God can elevate the right things. If you'll subtract, oh, it's called blessed subtraction. There's maybe there's some relationships, some people. Maybe there's some unfriending and, and unfollowing that you need to do. Maybe you need to say no to some stuff. Maybe you need to get organized. If you don't organize, you will agonize. Mm -mm. Your life will be pulled in so many different directions. Paul said it this way in Philippians 3, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Everybody say one thing. He didn't say 40 things I dabble in. He said this one thing I do. Maybe God's saying simplify. Don't chase 10 things. But focus on one thing. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Can I have a better amen? You see, the benefit of being simplified, of being focused, it allows you to listen to your heart. It allows you to listen to what's happening on the inside. The the, the trouble is this. Sometimes we strain to hear the voice of God. We strain to hear what's happening on the inside because we have chaos on the outside. If we'll just focus, we can move forward. Let me give this last thought. Has this been helpful tonight? Better today than we were yesterday. Not as good as what I'm going to be tomorrow, but I'm better today. The last and the final point I want to give you is this. Number five, teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. If you don't hear anything that I've said tonight, please remember this. You and I will never do the will of God by ourselves. For for, for whatever reason, God created this whole deal and set it up in such a way where you and I need each other. There is this beautiful interdependence. You can have all the focus all the discipline, make the commitment to hard work. You can be patient knowing that, hey, it's, it, there's a transformation, is a process. But some way, God has set this whole thing up where we can't do this thing alone. I'll tell you what, you'll have the best year that you've ever had in God if, if you make a commitment to get connected to somebody. Somebody in this church, whether that's in a small group, Maybe that's joining a weekend team, serving in some capacity. You got to build some relationships in the house. Build some relationships in the house. If you can do that, then the stickability, the focus, the goals, the the, the effort that you put forth. You see, the scripture says it this way in Deuteronomy 32, verse 30. Scripture says one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 
10,000 to fly it. You see that? You see the difference? One can put 1,000, two can put 10,000. I'm gonna tell you what, you are exponentially more effective for the kingdom when you're invested and connected to others. Does that make sense? And I know it's simple, but you know what? That may be the biggest, most important step you take this year. Is saying, you know what? I'm going to get in a small group. I'm going to get in a men's Bible study. Sure, I got the app. I got the reading plan. I've got all that stuff, and it's great. But I got to have somebody take the journey with me. You know what? I'm going to get on a weekend team. I'm going to serve. I'm just going to jump in and serve. I know I don't know anybody, but I'll tell you what. If I make a commitment to a cause, I believe God's going to put the right people in my life. I'm going to put my hand to something this year. Step out and take a risk. Take a risk in a relationship. Get invested. Get connected. You'll never regret it. Here's the picture that I had. I'm going to close this way. When, when we were grade school kids back in the day, we played that game Red Rover, Red Rover. Remember that? Do they still play those games? Those were fun games. Now they're doing this right here, aren't they? Man, we were all up in Red Rover, dude. We didn't need technology. We're like, man, there's those two lines that kind of, you know, face off. You know, you split up the class into two groups. And, you know, one, one, one group would be holding hands and say, Red Rover, Red Rover, send, send Johnny right over. You know, and then when Johnny's name's called, it's like, it is on, baby. And what was little Johnny's goal? His mission was to run as fast as he could at that line. And if he could break that line, then he could take somebody captive and bring them over to his side. If he could get, if little Johnny could get that line to break rank, then he's got a prisoner and he's taking somebody with him. And you know what? I'm telling you, there's spiritual connection here. Red Rover, Red Rover, the devil's coming right over. And his whole purpose is to get you to break rank. If he can cause you to be splintered and divided, then he's got you and he's going to take you back on his side. You know, but there was a little trick that we learned in grade school, all right? When, when we held hands, we didn't just hold hands. We locked arms. Tell you what, you send little Johnny over. We got our arms locked. If Johnny's coming at us, we're going to take this line, this clothesline, and just hit him right up under the chin. <laughs> little Johnny do a couple flips. Guess what? Johnny, you're on our side now. See what happens when you lock arms with another brother or sister. I'm telling you, the devil can't break it. He can't divide it. The devil wants to break you down in 2017. If he can isolate you, he's got you. But if you, I'm telling you, teamwork makes that dream work. If you'll connect not only to God, but connect to others, I believe you'll be better today than you were yesterday. Doesn't mean the problems will go away. Your circumstances may not change, but guess what? You've changed. And that's the whole purpose, the whole focus of God. That from glory to glory, we are becoming more like Him. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.